up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Whiskey Sessions. This is Ametz here with B Pimp. B Pimp, how's the weather out your way? Oh, it's not too bad. You know, it's uh, not quite as horridly frigid as it was recently. So that you is know. a good point. But you know what's great about Streamwood is it's very close to Barrington, and maybe you can speak to the good folks about what is awesome about Barrington. Well. Barrington is awesome because it is the home of Flesk Brewing. That's right, that's right. And I am drinking a delicious beer from Flesk Brewing right now, um, which is Birdhouse in Your Soul. It's their kettle sour. Wow, I haven't had that one. It's delicious to the point where I think I've gotten like six hollers from there in the last two weeks. (laughs) That's awesome. Of that beer because it's so good and I'm... I keep going back because I know they're going to run out soon, uh, and I just want to keep getting it, and I keep using the excuse, well, it's going to be gone soon until next year, so I have to just drink a lot of it. You should. Is it So it's a limited time. Our, our good buddy James, uh, the brewer and owner of Flesk, he, he said he's probably not going to make it again until next year around the same time, so um, it's not like it'll be gone forever, but it seems like it'll be a seasonal one. Ah, uh, Okay. You know, I have a request that Flesk uh, opens up, you know, somewhere around the Bay Area as well. If they're looking to branch off, I'm just saying they could do a reverse Lagunitas. So Lagunitas has their first brewery in, I think it's in Petaluma, but it's like somewhere around the Bay Area. And then they open one in Chicago. I'm just asking for Flesk to do the opposite. I can't wait until I'm in Chicago to get another Howler. I'm going to, I'm going to bring that up. I'm going to, you know, I know that it may be not the most conventional first thought for a, bit, a next location. Maybe not. But, but I mean, how many other people are directly asking it should be here? Maybe there are other people. I don't know. I know that you are asking and that has to count for something. And I'm sorry, but do you, do you break the mold with convention? Do all the great inventors of our time, all the incredible businessmen, do they do they get where they're at because of convention? Heck no. No, I'm just asking that a small brewing company take a huge risk that will maybe not pay off just to appease me personally. Yeah, because you want their beer. I mean, what what better what better compliment can you give them? It's making you defy logic. Exactly. Want them to go I don't like to have to defy logic, but no, I, I would love, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is I am jealous of you that you are close to Flesk Brewing and I am not. And if you are in the Chicagoland area and you haven't been out to Flesk Brewing yet, do yourselves a huge favor and get out there and get a howler of that beer before Brian finishes it. Well, no, you should, well, I guess, yeah, I'll sacrifice some of it so that new people will drink the beer, I guess. I was going to say, no, let me get all of it, and then I'll tell you about it again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe by the time this episode is released, it'll be gone anyway. So they'll just have to get a howler or something else. Yeah, and then they'll be there, and it's too late to, like, what are you going to do, just not drink any beer? Come on. Exactly. All right, we have a really, really good top five for everybody today. It is the top five 1980s rap albums so i'm excited this was i don't know b pimp i found this almost impossible yeah it was uh really tough i had my number one 
in mind when we came up with this or when you came up with this top five list and it stayed there but you know filling out that list was very hard i've got a number of honorable mentions oh yeah the the, the people that i the the hip-hop groups the albums that i took off and put in honorable mentions are i'm almost embarrassed by but i had to do it yeah i was i was embarking on a project to try to listen to all these again before i ranked them and i got about halfway through so I didn't fully live up to my own expectations, but I think I got enough uh, fresh listens to have some good takes here on these. Yeah, I definitely had to do a reminder. All right, but before we get to the top five, I've got to drink my whiskey. And the whiskey that I have for this episode is Dewar's White Label Blended Scotch Whiskey. So I'm going to open up this tiny little bottle, pour it into my glass. This is... If you didn't already know from the type of whiskey it is, a product of Scotland, uh, and it's uh, let's see if I can figure out exactly where in Scotland it comes from. Ah, Perthshire. So that's where John Doerr and Sons Limited, where they distill and bottle their whiskey. It's exciting to have another back-to-back Scotch. Yeah, I'm on a bit of a Scotch kick. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, 40% alcohol by volume. And let me go ahead and give this uh, a little bit of a taste. I'm drinking it neat. Hmm. How is that scotch? That scotch, you know, it was okay going down. But I'm actually, the aftertaste is more pronounced than the Glenfiddich from uh, a couple episodes ago. So I hate to do this. I'm giving it the boot. Oh, Dewar's got the boot, baby. Yeah, it's close. It's not like a... You know what, I'm not like winding up and giving it a boot, you know, but I'm saying, I'm, I'm just kind of nudging it with my shoe, you know, like, come on, get out of here. It's like in soccer when the uh, when they do the, the shorter passes and they just kind of tap it. Yeah, just kind of like, I, I don't really want this, just gonna, just tap it away. Yeah, you're giving it the, it's the, I mean, it's a boot nonetheless. It's a boot nonetheless, don't get me wrong, what is on my foot is a boot, but I'm not, I'm not trying to kick it from here to kingdom come, I'm just saying... Sorry. You clearly... <laughs> You're just trying to kick it across, across like, maybe two continents. Right. You don't have a ticket to the smooth train. I can tell that right away. So you're getting the boot. Well, sorry, doers. You tried. You tried. Try a little harder next time, though. I guess is what I'm saying. You've laid down the gauntlet. Let's see. Maybe we could do it again in, like, a year and see if they've listened. Yeah. I I would like to see... I think I'm going to have to go back and check out, like, what I've given the boot. I know I've given a lot of boots lately. And I hate to do it, too, because I like whiskey. But you know what? Part of knowing what the good whiskeys are or figuring out what the bad whiskeys are as well. So I'm just trying to protect our listeners, I think is what I'm trying to say. I appreciate it, too, because I'm getting protected as a co-host. Oh, of course. It, you know, as a side product. So I, I will thank you on behalf of the listeners. Well, that's as long as you are thanking me on behalf of the listeners, I don't need all the other listeners to thank me as well. But they can, if they want. They can do that at Whiskey Sessions if they wanted to. Yes. You can do it at, at Whiskey Sessions. You can hit us up on our email, whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com. And, of course, you can also hit up for top five ideas. But I'm psyched about this top five. So let's get into it. These are our top five 1980s rap albums. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right, my number five 
1980s rap album that's going way back in the 80s, where I don't know if you found most of my albums are in the late 80s, but this one is in the early 80s. It is Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, The Message. That's an excellent choice. I did not have that on my list, but it is one of the founding albums. It is. Here's what I like about it. I mean, obviously, the song, The Message, that closes the album, it is like a seven-minute masterpiece. Uh, I also love She's Fresh and It's Nasty. My The only reason it's actually maybe a little bit lower than I probably would have put it otherwise is it's only seven tracks. But it is... It's a fun album. Uh, it feels like it's kind of... It's, it's bridging that gap between like sort of a more soul kind of funk um, and into hip-hop. I mean, it doesn't even feel like a, a full hip-hop album, really. Um, but it is... Yeah, that's what I like it. it. It it feels like it's not only a founding album, but like one that is like really fun, which I appreciated about some of the albums. There's like almost two categories, I feel like, for some 1980s rap albums. The ones that are like very serious and you know dark and or like have a message and the ones that are kind of more in the fun camp and this one is definitely in that but yeah great album and great to just oh go ahead that's a really good one i haven't listened to that one as much but i was when you were mentioning the fun ones it made me think of curtis blow and basketball yeah which i also didn't put on my list well, and this is like one of those perfect ones to actually put on a record player and just blast. Yeah. Yeah. My number five is Licensed to Ill by the Beastie Boys. Oh, interesting. So, I like the Beastie Boys. Um, I I know there are songs. I, I, was, I got bigger into them later, but I know... Their sound appeals to me. Whenever I, I like the attitude, I like what they were doing as far as the production of the music. It was kind of a big thing for, um, you know, some white dudes to kind of make a credible name for themselves in hip hop. Was mm-hmm. kind of, you know, I don't know how many examples. I don't know the history of white guys in hip hop. Not that it really matters, but that was a thing too. It was part of their image. Um, and this, this is all to say, I'm not. They're not a band where like I specify oh, this is one song I like, it's on this album. I just will always listen to, whether it's License to Ill, Paul, you know, Paul's Boutique, whatever it is, I just enjoy their sound, I enjoy the music they've made over the years, and I wanted to include them on the list. No, I totally understand that. I And you kind of mentioned their, well, their other 80s album, Paul's Boutique, and I think over time, I might prefer Paul's Boutique. I could not argue with that hurt, you know, too angrily because it's they're both great i think they are and they're both it was more of picking i like the license still album cover with the plane and like the it's still a symbolic you know historical thing oh yeah and it's just it was kind of like a hard thing to pick between the two but i wanted to get them on there so I, uh, that's why i went with it yeah i think i would say the the songs in general on license to ill are a little more memorable i kind of like the production of paul's boutique a little better I'm, I'm going to have to li- go back and listen to them both again back to back and kind of refine my BC Boys opinion. But what is your number four? My number four is Swass by Sir Mix-a-Lot from 1988. 
Now I'm gonna go ahead. I don't have on my list. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say this is not on your list. And I'll be frank, I don't know if this should be on a lot of people's lists. It has a special place in my heart because it has the title track "Swass" on it, which I think is great and was like hilariously copped by the Pussycat Dolls for their single like 20 years later. And it also has my personal favorite Seattle hip hop track of all time, Posse on Broadway. And I gotta listen to that. I haven't heard that song. Yeah, it's great. And it's also just, it's a really weird album. Like kind of weird in the same way like a Biz Marquee album is a little bit weird. It's got, I think it has like basically two different tracks that reference square dancing. <laughs> which I don't know if he was like playing for that angle early in his career, but it's also got like a uh, I forget which song it is exactly. It's got like a the Go Go Gadget theme kind of like linked into it into uh, the the beat itself. But yeah, do yourself a favor. I actually think this album went platinum, but you know it was during a time where it seems like every album went platinum. Go get Swass. It's S W A S S. By Sir Max a lot. And yeah, it, it feels very goofy in the 80s, and I love it. And it's very Seattle. I just added that to my list so that I will remember to check it out. Do it. I would have it higher if it weren't for the fact that there's just a couple of skippable tracks. Yeah, I can see that. But the highs are high. That's what I'll say. I have, as my number four on this list, the album criminal minded by boogie down productions Ooh, very nice that somehow that that was one of the ones that just missed my list and i'm devastated that it did i actually i actually this is one of the ones i re-listened to today and it it is fantastic i mean krs1 is one of the greatest mcd mcs ever yeah. Um, and he's just, he fits, they fit into that serious mold where it's like he, it was just ass kicking hip hop, like the d- delivery, the lyrics, the beats, the just everything about it. It's very in your face. Um, the Bridge but, is Over is like one of my favorite tracks. Yeah. From that era. He, he, he's so good. And there, I do find that it's a theme with me in general with hip hop, but also when I was making this list that I'll tend to gravitate to, the the delivery of whoever the primary MC is. Um, and if I get, if I'm into that, that's what makes them stick with me and makes me re-listen them the most to them the most. So that's my number four. Yeah, no, I totally get, I love that album. I think I want to say that's the honorable mention. That's probably like number six or seven on my list. Uh, if I could do a couple more and just the beats on that album are great too. I love KRS one. But I think the the production is like like very I mean it's not like overly complicated, but it just like hits all the right things that you wanna like so it just it just lies perfectly underneath the the lyrics. Yeah. It's like it's it still holds up to like as there are there is a certain you know there's certain kinds of music that you go back and listen to them and for whatever reason they're just dated and maybe they no longer hold the edge that they had but i don't think that applies with these that that are like the height of 80s hip-hop right no krs one's awesome and i like that album a lot all right my number three is nwa straight out of compton 
And That's an honorable mention for me. Well, there you go. And I'm sure that was like a painful one. You're like, jeez. Yeah, I, I actually re-listened to that too. And I, and I did think just going into it, it would be on there. But I just, I don't know. I, it's great. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's fantastic. But I didn't quite have it in there when I made the final list. Yeah. And, it, and it's one of just the best, like, starts to an album you can have. The title track, I love that... I love the glaring... It's like the low brass sounds um, that are in a couple places on the album, I think, but but mainly in Straight Outta Compton. It feels like... It's just like this sinister sound that I feel like was later copped by like Christopher Nolan and his movies. Yeah, and it also gives... With that album from beginning to end, it gives almost a feel of... It's a group of people walking down the street, yep. delivering a message, and it just sounds like this is the event. This is what's here. And it, I don't know. It's unique. It like, there. It's not that it's the only hip hop album that gives me that feeling, but it's it, that's always what I'm feeling when I listen to it. It's just like this is you don't want to mess with it. Yeah, and the energy I feel like is unmatched. Like they, it does not let up at any point, and it just like it always does feel like and maybe. <laughs> Yeah, like that coming down the street feeling like they're always like coming at you. Yeah, they're relentless and it's and they're great. It's not like relentless swagger that's unfounded where it's just tiring. It's like when it when it's that good, it's it makes it a positive feeling when you're listening to it. Yeah. Okay, what is your number three? My number three is public enemy, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back. Nice. That is a great pick. I had that as my number five, and then I, I took it right off. That is firmly my number six. I love that album. Chuck D's great, as a, once again, as an MC. Um, you got Flava Flav hyping it up. You've got just unbelievable sampling and beats. It was like Rick Rubin produced it, who also <clears> produced <throat> Slayer, and they use a riff from Angel of Death on She Watched Channel Zero. And it's like... You and it, immediately as a Slayer fan, you I was re-listening to that today. Just I forgot about it, and it comes on and you just hear that riff, and I'm like, wait, that's Angel of Death, and they seamlessly wove that into just a badass song, and that is something that yeah, great. Granted, Rick Rubin produced both, and then they're on Def Jam, so I'm sure that that's not a coincidence, mm-hmm. but it didn't sound like oh they're forcing in something to have this like interplay between the two bands. It was it was a great addition to the song. No, definitely. And that is a great album. What's your number two? My number two is De La Soul's Three Feet High and Rising. And this we is kind of... We got a double dip. We got a double dip. Nice. Double dip. I'm curious what your number one is. Okay, my number two. Yeah. De La Soul, Three Feet High and Rising. Like a long, excellent album. I kind of like the meandering albums of I feel like most of them of like some of the like this was a maybe not exactly a trend of the late 80s maybe into the early 90s but I do like that this album is just like a, a full listen it's got like great tracks I mean of course I love me myself and I and the magic number but I just again it's kind of fitting some in the mold of fun hip hop, but also like very conscious. And it kind of, it's weird. It sounds both ahead of its time and actually like slightly behind its time. 
uh, in terms of production uh, on a couple of the tracks, but it's maybe that adds to the fact that it makes the whole album seem kind of timeless. I think it does. I think you nailed it with that. And also the eclectic sampling and mix of influences and styles and the different tracks is another thing that um, lends itself to, I think albums like Tribe Called Quest is later in the nineties, but I think that they're similar in a lot of ways Yeah, where you have, there's always something that you can get into at a certain moment, but it's all contained in one album. So like you may be more into tracks one, three and seven one day and two, four and eight the other day, but you're always going to love the whole. And it's, it's just, it's a great, it's one of the albums, like you're making a list like this, you have to have it on there so that, you know, if you were telling someone in 30 years, what should they listen to from that, from that era, you're going to mention that album. Exactly. Plus Q-Tip shows up on this album. Speaking of a tribe called quest. Which oh, man. I didn't even Q-tip. realize until listening to it again today. But yeah. Which track is he on? I forgot. Uh, let's track. It's called Buddy. So yeah, check that out. Um, all right. Well, so it's well, number one now. Yeah, unless you have anything else that you want to add before we drum roll hit our number ones. No, I'm ready. I want to hear. What Here we go. Ones. My number one is actually firmly in the 80s. I will say. It's timeless in the sense that I still love listening to it, but I know it is a product of its time. My number one is Run DMC's Raising Hell. That is a great pick. That's in my. That was my equivalent to your Boogie Down Productions. Yeah, and this album is just hits. Walk This Way. Walk This Way, My Adidas. It's, it's tricky. tricky. You Be Illin, Peter Piper... I love this album. It's one of the first albums I ever had growing up, and I played it so, so much. So I gotta say, it's, it's, I thought about it. I knew it was the first, when we put together this list, I knew it was the first album I was thinking about, but I was like, you know what? I, maybe I could come up with a more like intellectual number one or something. And then I said, you know what? At the end of the day, this is my number one album rap album of the 80s it's not that close and so i'm just gonna be honest with it and so it's got to be raising hell i cannot argue with that one bit the only reason i moved it into my honorable mentions because it probably started out on the list if i'm being honest is it was just the personal connection thing i mean i can't deny like there's a reason there were so many hits on that album it's great um they've they've aged i actually think it has aged pretty well even though you did start off by saying like you know it's a product of the 80s it definitely is it's it's kind of one of those things where even though i can place it i know it's from then by -hmm. listening to it it doesn't bother me i don't think it detracts from it that much no because it's so great um and my number one which you were asking a moment ago what is it let's hear it it is eric b and rakim paid in full Nice. See, now that was honorable on my honorable mentions, and so was Follow the Leader, and I couldn't decide which I liked better, and I think they kind of canceled each other out as why they didn't end up on my list. This is in my top five hip-hop albums of all time. It's it's just unbelievable. The combination, I mean, Rakim, Rakim is such a great lyricist and MC. Yeah. He's consistently brought up as by anyone who knows anything about hip-hop as one of the top 
and you can see why right right off the bat he starts off paid in full the title track thinking of a master plan because ain't nothing but sweat inside my hand and you and you, if you hear that you know you've heard that lyric you've heard that verse you can place it as soon as it comes on it's familiar it's because it's great it's a masterpiece and it's one of my favorite albums ever i feel like both in terms of content and just rhythm uh rakim was like solidly 10 years ahead of his time at a time where like a lot of MCs were kind of doing like da da sort of like like really basic straightforward kind of you know a b line switches like rakim was like every rhyme had exactly the the word that he wanted to use yeah the control and i don't think he was challenged really until like nas came along and i think that's why the big there was that big uh, battle, I mean, when everybody would start questioning, like, who's really the number one? Yeah. I My only problem ever, and though this didn't really actually improve when Rakim kind of had his own solo albums, like, later in the 90s, but I guess, like, start to finish, I do feel like some of the production is, like, repetitive. No, I could see that. I mean, I love it. I love all the... They'll, they'll be just full sections where they'll just like take a sample like somebody whistling and just and just play with it and it, and it's I like it I can I, but I can see where that comes from I can see where you're coming from with that yeah but it's that that is a great album uh, I also love Follow the Leader and uh, even like well Don't Spect the Technique was in the 90s but like that's a good album too and yeah uh, what are your honorable mentions? Uh, I'm just going to read some of the ones I was considering. So Slick Rick, The Great Adventures of Slick Rick. Yeah. Um, I want to listen to that again. I didn't get a chance to today before this. So that's another one where I'm going to re-listen I may amend later because I do think that that's a good one that I should have given more consideration. Um, and then I have the DOC, No One Can Do It Better, and Jungle Brothers, Straight Out the Jungle. Yeah, I had Jungle Brothers on there as well. Uh, Beastie Boys. I put down Paul's Boutique, but like License to Ill is right there. Public Enemy, It Takes the Nation a Million Souls Back. Uh, Boogie Down Productions, Criminal Minded. And I put on, I ended up putting actually Follow the Leader from Eric B. and Rakim, but um, Paid in Full is right at the top as well. It's kind of interesting that we overall had a lot of re- like crossover in our list, but our top fives were largely very different. Yeah, and it's funny, like a lot of these groups an artist had kind of like two albums that were both amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And you can find like different things in them. Both Eric B and Rakim public enemy, I think is kind of that way as well. Um, they lost soul later. A tribe called quest continued that they had yeah. midnight marauders and, um, low end theory. Yeah. Beastie boys, uh, depending on who you like with that. Yeah. It's, uh, that was good. All right, if uh, you have hip-hop albums from the 1980s that you think we forgot, I'm sure there are a bunch we forgot, and we'd love to hear from you. You can hit us up on Twitter, that's at Whiskey Sessions, or email us, that's whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com, and we'll read your emails uh, on a future episode, or uh, if you want to pick out a different top five list that you'd like us to cover, you can do that as well. But, um, yeah, we're going to go ahead and get to your emails. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read. 
emails, and now we'll read them. All right, B-Pimp, what do you got in the old email inbox? Dear Angie and B-Pimp, I still have not heard from Hinkley Springs regarding the whiskey jugs. Oh, no. Also, also, when will I be a guest on the podcast? Sincerely, Tim in Denton, Texas. See, I... Okay, it's good to hear from Tim again. And to our listeners, if you don't know Tim, he's 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 written in a couple of times. And basically is... Kind of works for us, kind of doesn't. We don't pay him, but he does test out whiskeys and he is never on the podcast he, works, he does think he works for us right i'm not gonna when i say he kind of works for us i mean it's he thinks he works for us we think he does not work for us so that's he, the kind of he, he sounded very despondent in that email too he did well and i didn't realize he literally wanted to be on the podcast now i don't know yeah that's I mean, we have some. We may have some logistical struggles to work out with that, but I think we could possibly do that. Yeah, we, you know, we can figure it out. Maybe um, it could be for episode like thirty-two and a half that never gets released or recorded. Oh yeah, it's like the hidden one. Yeah, and we could tell him it's a hidden episode and have it, you know, be so hidden as to never happen. And we'll just tell him, yeah, we remember last week we were here for two hours and we recorded it. And you don't remember that? And then he'll be he'll be like, oh, I bet they did. And then he'll admit to it and he'll just think it exists. Yes. Oh, there is a slight problem, though. If we are kind of going over our game plan and recording it on this podcast, is he going to listen to it and realize that we are actually planning on tricking him? Or do you think he'll forget this as well? He's already forgotten this. Okay, good. Perfect. In that case, I'm going to go on to my next email. Uh, and this is from Bill in Pullman, Washington. Hey, Whiskey Sessions. I think Jack Daniels did an incredible job of getting their name associated with the type of drink, Jack and Coke. And I'm sure it's done wonders for their sales. Do you have any idea for my whiskey brand, Wirish? Hoffy. Um, I think you're looking for, if I'm understanding correctly, you're probably looking for what drink it could be. And I'm just thinking this may be a little bit, a little bit kind of crazy, but uh-huh. some people like to start their day off with a little bit of a jolt of caffeine combined with that delicious, delicious alcohol. So you might be able to mix whiskey into your coffee. Yeah, but what would you call that? You could call it an Irish coffee. Irish coffee. I still think you should do Irish coffee sours. Yeah, I mean that's good. I was trying to punch it up a little bit, but I can, I mean sometimes you just it doesn't need it. It's just already a great idea. Yeah. No, I mean I like where you're coming from with that. I think we're just gonna have to agree to disagree. But either way, you're getting a good start to your day. Yes. Uh, okay, well, thank you for emailing us, Bill from Pullman. If you would like to send us an email, please do so. We're at whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com, and we'll read it on a future episode. But I want to say thank you for listening to this episode. Hopefully it got you thinking about some 80s rap music uh, and whether or not you want to try Doer's White Label. And I would say you don't need to.
But then... I'm, I'm going to say sorry to the fat boys for not including them. Oh. Oh, well. Next time. All right, that does it for this episode. This is Amets signing off. This is B-Pimp. Sorry, fat boys. Sorry, fat boys. Catch you next time. Peace. Bye.